Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. What's up, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Got a very special guest with me today, Tully Lou. Mm-hmm. Tully, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Pleasure to have you on. I, um, I put up a bit of a thing on my Instagram story the other day to get some questions and interest to see how many people are keen to listen to the episode and we got a shitload of interest. Oh, really? Because so, yeah. I was going to say probably none. <laughs> yeah. Might have been you sending through all yeah, the questions. Yeah, probably. Was <laughs> um, so, guys, what we're going to do today is just kind of just I want to keep today pretty broad in terms mm-hmm. of fitness, a um, bit about nutrition, a bit about training, and then also a bit about your clothing label and just business in general. Yeah. Um, so let's start the show off firstly. I want to find out how did you initially get into health and fitness or what was what drew you into the health and fitness kind of lifestyle? Yeah. So I, I mean, I've always been really healthy. Like I grew up in a tight family that was quite health conscious and always really active growing up. Like we lived on property outside of Melbourne so I was always like running around being active and stuff like that um so that kind of happened and then kind of went downhill a little bit about 13 I started obsessing over food and like being skinny and I thought I had to look a certain way in order to be accepted and like successful I suppose in a way it was a little comment that I heard someone made and it kind of just triggered me a little bit and I started obsessing over food over exercising and then at about 14 I got diagnosed with anorexia um so that was kind of where it went downhill and then I was pretty sick for a while and then when I turned about 20 to 21 I started getting into health and fitness because I started doing yoga and that kind of really helped my recovery and then I kind of just become like really passionate about fitness, health, because it helped me get so it's better. Four, fourteen that you got diagnosed. Yeah, I was fourteen. So, so between the ages of fourteen and twenty-one, like what was the process there? Oh, like just obsessing over. Like I thought I was healthy, but I was obsessing over like healthy food. I was over exercising. Wasn't eating enough. Um, and then maybe at about seventeen, I started to realize that I needed help, but I was still kind of recovering from the eating disorder. Um, and then, yeah, just started doing yoga. And I think yoga was probably the first step to living a healthier lifestyle because mm. it kind of helped me um, kind of like love myself again and realize there was more to life and I knew I needed to – it just made me feel good, I think. So yeah. that was probably my first step to like the health and wellness industry, I would say. Yeah. And when you say you're over-exercising, was it like just a lot of cardio? Were you doing like weights or anything? Was it just no, no, no. I was petrified of, of fucking weight. Oh, sorry. No, you swear <laughs> I was petrified. Anytime someone swears, I tell them they can swear as much as they want because I swear all the time. Okay, that's good because I'll drop the F-bomb a few times. Um, No, I was petrified. Okay, (laughs) We'll have a challenge. Um, No, I was petrified of weights. I think like a lot of women these days are quite, maybe not so much now, but like petrified of weights and I was one of them. I was doing a shitload of cardio Mm. and just not eating enough food. So like I was – and when I say like a shitload of cardio, like I would – run like I'd get up I do crazy shit like I would like it's embarrassing now but I would put my alarm on in the middle of the night and do like a hundred squats and then go back to bed like I was so obsessed with exercise because I was so scared if I ate anything I'd get fat Mm. so then I had to like exercise not to put on weight like petrified so I just work out like a mad person it's funny it was not funny but it's um it's interesting because for those that have listened to the podcast for a while you would already know this already but 
um, I was very similar. Like I yeah. was not never diagnosed with any form yeah. of eating disorder, but my relationship with food was fucked. Like I, yeah. I when I moved to Melbourne, so I moved here straight after year twelve, and I was yeah. the same height that I am now, and I was twenty five kilos less. Oh my god, shit! And I'm pretty fucking scared yeah. still now. Yeah. Um. So thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you're ripped. I mean guys, he's ripped. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like I was very similar. Like I would yeah. eat something that wasn't necessarily like healthy, and then. Feel just horrible. obsessed. I'd feel so shit. Yeah. I'd be like doing pull-ups in my room. I'd be doing push-ups. Yeah. I'd go out to a party and get home and yeah. like fucking do. Oh my god, it's exactly what I used to do. And it oh, is. Okay. It's like I mean, it makes it's us so who we stressful. are now. It is so because literally your whole brain is consumed by food and exercise and how you're going to work it off. Mm. And even I got to a point I wouldn't even have chewing gum. I got to a point I wouldn't even put lip Crazy. gloss on because I read in some stupid gossip probably Dolly magazine, that if, like, lip gloss had calories in it and I wouldn't eat chewy, I wouldn't drink water. Yeah. Sometimes I'd drink water, like, but I just hated the feeling of having something stuck, like, in my stomach. Like, yeah. it made me feel fat. So, yeah, it was obsessive. Right, and so you said yoga helped a lot. 100%. In terms of the nutrition side of things, what was the steps that you took to then get back to eating healthily and yeah. how do you eat now? Yeah, I think the steps that I took, I was making sure like I was eating like wholesome foods. Like I yep. just eat like fruit, vegetables, like just anything that was not processed. Like I was obsessed with like just natural foods, which is good. Like it's a good way mm. to eat. But I think that was the step that I took in order to eating properly again was making sure that I didn't like – yeah, eat processed foods or stuff like that. Um, and now I'm like really 80, 20, like I eat whole, like I, I still eat meat and stuff. Cause I find that my body, I need meat. Otherwise I feel really like low in iron and, and yeah, yeah, I feel really tired and, yeah. but I make sure I buy, buy like organic. Um, so I eat like a lot of, um, fish, like fruit, vegetables, all that kind of stuff. I'm pretty good. And then 20%, I'm not so good. And I make sure that I do have that 20% because I deprived myself for such a long time and it's a head fuck and it was not good for me. So, and I still enjoy eating a little bit of shit. So, yeah. but it's not a lot yeah. and it doesn't make me feel good. So I very rarely, but I make sure I like, eat 80, 20 and I think that's healthy for me and it doesn't mess with my head. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And a lot of girls that are listening at the moment may not necessarily have their eating disorder side mm. of things, but like in my experience, a lot of clients that come and see me that have never done weights before, yeah. especially females, oh, yeah. are obsessed with cardio and just in their head pair cardio yeah. with fat loss and the perfect body and all yeah. this bullshit. So do you do weights now? Yeah, and I if do. so like what um, what what have you found in terms of your physique and how you feel and how you look since you have started doing weights compared to Obviously, what you thought in the past where yeah. everything had to be cardio based. Yeah. So, I think about three years ago, I started doing weights. And I don't know if you're familiar. I mean, you probably are, but um, RBT, yeah. result-based training. So, I started – actually, I had a really, like, sore back because I used to do yoga all the time. I'm quite flexible and I was putting a lot of pressure on my lower back. Um, and it was becoming quite painful. So, I started to go – um, sorry, is that good? <laughs> I just got distracted. <laughs> um, no, so I started going to RBT to help my back. And I remember, like, I was petrified because I thought that weights would make me get, like, big, bulky, like, bodybuilding kind mm. of vibe. So I was petrified, but I started, I wouldn't even do a deadlift. Like, I was so scared it was going to hurt my back. But having said that, deadlifts actually helped my mm. back. And now my back is so much stronger. Um, and... Yeah, I do do weight training now, so I'll do like a deadlift class, class or like a strength class, and I think it's also made me eat more, which would have petrified me a while ago. But yeah. it's actually toned my body. I've definitely like leaned up, and yeah, massive. I love strength training. So, what's a typical week look like now, training wise? 
Okay. And having said that, I still freaking love cardio because I like the way yeah. it makes you feel. So, um, I mean, I would do like three cardio. It's about balance, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like, three to four cardio. And then I would do a couple of strength. And I really love Pilates. Like, yeah. Legree. I think you've done it before. Have you done Legree? Uh, it's like Pilates. Like, it's like Pilates on a bed, but it's like intense Pilates. It's like Reformer. Yeah, it's Reformer, but it's like... Is it like K-Core? Yes, K-Core, K-Core. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It's fucked, yeah. It's yeah. fucked. I it's do fucked. that a couple of times a I'm week as well. I'm a friend of mine. So do you know Anna Weatherlake? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Anna took yeah. me and I was so it's, hungover. Oh, no. And yeah. I was under the impression that it was going to be stretching and mobility. So we get oh, there. Oh, my God. It's intense. Holy fuck. 45 minutes and about Shaking. five minutes in, I was looking at Anna going like, what yeah. the fuck have you got me yeah. into here? So I, I like that. And to me, that's kind of a little bit of like strength in a way. Like, oh, 100%. Yeah, so I do. Yeah. <laughs> so I do that as well. And I love like, I don't know, I just love the way strength training makes me feel. But if, having said that like three years ago, I would have been petrified and I wouldn't have done it because mm. I was one of those girls. I was like, I'm not doing strength training. I don't want to look like a bodybuilder. Like yeah. I was so scared. But um, it's definitely made me stronger. And like I said, it's so good for my back, like yeah. especially my lower back. Yeah. yeah. And so obviously yoga is also a big part of your yes. life. Yes. Um, at the moment, not so much. Yeah. I had been, I forgot to mention this before. I've been doing yoga since I was like 14. Mm. Um, so a very long time. And then I became obsessed with Bikram yoga, which is obviously yoga in a hot room for 90 minutes. And I ended up being so obsessed with it that I went to yoga training and I actually to teach it now. But I used to do Bikram yoga once a day for probably about six years. I be- come so that was kind of like my every day and I felt like this was probably when I was still a little bit crazy like and a little bit sick (laughs) in a way like I was obsessed with this and I was so scared that if I didn't do Bikram that I would get fat so I was recovered but I wasn't in a way Mm. um I think it's funny you say that like and we'll touch on this a little bit after with the business side of things but even once you get the understanding of what you shouldn't shouldn't be doing yeah in particular that kind of like aspect of your brain where it is very obsessive, whatever, it's yeah. still like always there. And I think it's, it's active. more. I think yeah. For those that have that, it's it's a matter of finding a good thing to put that addictive yeah. nature towards. Exactly, and, and that was mine. So yeah. I was like obsessed. Like that was just my kind of escape for like ninety minutes. It made me feel good, but then it was also very unhealthy. So I recognized probably about two years ago. Uh, yeah, two years ago that it was actually. It was healthy for me, but it was very unhealthy. And I was so obsessed with it that I had to stop doing it. And then that's kind of when I started doing strength training as well. So um, I kind of fell out of love with it because I have this like weird relationship with it. It makes me feel good, but it also gives me so many bad memories of obsession and all that kind of stuff. So I've just actually taken it back up this year, but I only do it once a week and I still teach. Yeah. Yeah. And I do vinyasa maybe like once a week as well. Um, but yeah, I'm not doing yoga as much as what I would yeah. love to, um, and what I used to, cause I do have that, like, I don't know, it kind of, especially Bikram, like kind of scares me a little just, bit. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. I get anxiety. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've ever done Barry's boot camp in America. No, no, oh, no. My God, that one, that workout gives me anxiety and Bikram gives me anxiety. Like Barry's boot camp gives me, oh my God. Why does Barry's? Because it's, it's like, you have to do it in order to, like so- Barry's is like, I don't know, it just gives you anxiety. Ask anyone and they're like, I get Barry's anxiety. And that's what Bikram gives me. I'm like, nah, I can't. But I'm getting, I'm coming back into love with it. Like, I've actually seen, um, you do a fair bit at Rise Nation now. Yeah, yeah uh, once a week. Again, that's kind of like cardio. Have you done that? Similar vibe, yeah. So oh. I trained Sylvia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, she organized for me to go and try it when I was in LA last year. Yeah. Um, and 
and then when she opened up here, I've obviously been a couple yeah. times. And yeah, it's, it's good. Intense. Like, I think it's good because it's like 30 minutes and obviously a lot of people are time poor and like trying to get things in. I think 30 minutes is really good. And mm. especially like, like I do enjoy running, but I don't love running. Like if I was to run, I'd like to interval run on a treadmill. Yeah. I hate long distance running. Okay. Um, so for me, I feel like Rise Nation is another version of running in a way, like that cardio, that sweat. Non-stop 30 minutes. Exactly. So I kind of like that. So I kind of like doing that once a week as well. And okay. I do a lot of boxing. I actually train a lot now that I think about it. Like I do a lot <laughs> of like, shit. I do a lot of different things because I get bored. Yeah. <laughs> and I just like to challenge myself. All right. When did the, when did the idea of, uh, of starting like an apparel business yeah. come about? And like what was the process there? Is it something that you'd thought about for a long time or did you just pull the trigger straight away? Yeah. So um, I quit school in year 10, obviously, because I was so sick. Um, and I was recovering at home and I got to a point where my dad was like, Tully, you need to do something with your life. You need to either go back to school or like do something. And I was like, oh my God, shit, I need to work out what to do. So I was going to be a beauty therapist. Cause that like back in the day, like you need to be a hairdresser or a beauty therapist. I was like, fuck, I have to go to beauty school. And I knew I wasn't really passionate about it. I just knew I needed to do something. Mm. So I was about to start a beauty school and then I realized it wasn't what I wanted to do. I always had like a passion for fashion so I was like nah fuck this I'm actually gonna go to fashion school instead of this because that's actually what I'm passionate Mm. about and it makes me happy so I actually went to fashion school and then while I was doing that um I was doing yoga and I was doing Bikram and I remember one day this is like in 2011 um I was in a class and I was looking around the room and a lot of women and activewear wasn't really a thing Mm. a lot of women were wearing like really baggy like boyfriend style t-shirts pants and like I was looking around I'm like fuck that's not really that flattering like it doesn't make you feel good Mm. because I know if I was wearing that I and I or I'm quite a like I like fashion and I like styling things up so even when I was going to a yoga class I was still kind of like coordinating my outfits outfits yeah yeah. not judging not (laughs) in yoga um no but I was like coordinating my outfits and stuff and I remember thinking shit there's like a niche in the market for like really cool fashion forward activewear because back then it was like Nike, Adidas and like maybe Lorna J. Yeah. yeah so I was like and I knew I wanted to start a fashion label because I was studying fashion um but I didn't know like I because activewear wasn't really a thing. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start a yoga brand. At the time, it was a yoga brand. Um, and then the idea become, yeah, it came alive in 2011. And then I worked on that for a while. I went to LA to study Bikram yoga because I kind of knew I needed a job on the side when I started my label because I didn't okay. know how well it was going to yeah. go. And I thought, well, yoga helped me. I'll teach yoga as well on the side. And then did that, came back, taught for a while, taught in America, and then moved to Bali and then started okay. my um, label from there. When so, uh, when did you move to Bali? 2013, right. and that's when the label launched. So yeah. Okay, sweet. And what? How long was the process of like kind of once you moved to Bali? What? Yeah. Like, do you still everything still operate out of there now? No, it, um, I had to move out of Bali. Maybe like oh, so the business is six years old now. So I had to move out of Bali maybe three years in because that was too slow and the brand was growing quite quick. Mm-hmm. So I had to move from Bali to China. To China? Yeah, to China. Jesus. So you yeah. lived in China for how long? Oh, I didn't live in China. No way. Oh, um, that's No, no, that's no, no, no just Bali. Mad. Yeah, so I lived in <laughs> Bali. I mean, no Bali way. was much more glamorous than China. Right. Um, so, no, I moved the production. So I was living in Bali, moved back to Australia, and then two years in, I moved the production from Bali to China. Right. Yeah. And in your opinion, what difference, like, or what's the, what separates Tali Lu from any other of the yeah. fitness brands now? Because like you said, 
at the time. There wasn't much else, no, but now yeah. it's fucking very saturated. Yeah, it's very saturated. We were lucky. I mean, I was lucky. I've got a business partner now, but when I first started, I was lucky. It was kind of... In 2013, um, like I think it was just when Style Runner launched. So we were like one of the first brands. So in that way, we're really lucky. And I think what, um, you know, what is unique about Tallulu is I am quite an active person. I, you know, and I teach yoga as well. So I can see in a yoga class how women's like bodies move. And like when I'm doing that, I kind of visualize in my head how like a garment can like make um, their figure look better or like you know yeah. enhance certain areas on a body so I think that's kind of what makes us unique and um yeah and we've kind of got like a street style vibe as well so it's like yeah. you can go from like your yoga class or from a workout to the street or whatever so you've got a fair bit of freedom in terms of design exactly yeah to some of the other brands yeah. anyway yeah so I kind of think yeah maybe me seeing the bodies move and stuff and how I can make someone look better than not better, but like make them feel good. Yeah, yeah. And where where do you see the brand in say five years time? Yeah, is there, um, have you got big plans, or is there not like, any I real mean, direction that you're focusing on? Yeah, I mean we are focusing a lot on China and India this year. We do a lot. I'm kind of back and forth from here and Los Angeles, like every two months. So we were focusing on America for a long time. Yeah. Um, just like slow replacements and all that silly stuff that you kind of have to do in order to like sell product and just stuff like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think this year and the next couple of years, we really, one of our main stockers is in China because the health and wellness industry over there is kind of booming at the moment. Um, and then also India. So, um, just still taking it to an international level. Um, but kind of like I would like to focus more on Australia as well because it like especially Melbourne because it's our hometown. But um, mm. I mean sometimes thinking I'm always kind of thinking like bigger, so that's yeah. why I kind of went ham in America before here. Um, so I think just keep pushing it internationally. So you're still over in LA a fair bit then? Yeah, I, yeah. We head over there maybe like every two to three months. Nice. Which I love. Next? Um, maybe May. So cool. we're supposed to be going for Coachella, but not anymore, but probably May. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, yeah. I love it over there. Oh, so good. Last few years tried to extend my time there each year. Yeah. So yeah, I'd love to be there so probably good. six months a year. Right? Yeah. Well, we've got to work um, a B1, B2 visa now, so we can uh, stay for good. six months. But um. Like, I'd love to live there, like, because I do love the health and wellness space. Like, it's so mm. good if you're in this industry. Um, but the way, like, my lifestyle, it, the way of living there is so different to here, like, yeah. just in some ways. So, I think we're very lucky to live in Australia. Yeah. But there are a lot more opportunities over there. Fuck yeah. Um, in, you, you don't do mail, right? No, you? but that's so funny you say that because I literally just had a friend today. He's like, I have to do menswear with you. And I'm like, okay, okay, settle down. And that's something you thought about or not um, really? I get asked probably twice a week, um, mainly from like friends or just random people. I mean, I would love to. I just don't know. Like, I mean, you guys shop in such a different way to women. Yeah. Like, if you like something, I don't know about you, but I like most of the people I know that they like something, they buy like 10 pairs of the same Nike shorts or whatever. Yeah. Like, maybe I'd like to, but not just yet. We are doing a maternity line with one of my friends. Um cool. Which and then another collaboration with um, someone at the end of the year. So there's things going on. I feel like menswear this year is probably not the right time, but maybe I'd like to do it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And in terms of, say, fitness or health and fitness, mm-hmm. so in my opinion anyway, health and fitness and business, like to be successful mm-hmm. in both of those, there's so many similarities. Yeah. So what's your opinion on that? And if you do agree, like what do you think yeah. are the similarities in terms of 
whether it be work ethic, discipline, like yeah. planning, structure, what, <laughs> what are they? Um, I do, I agree because I am such like, I'm very, like, very scheduled and I think, like, health and fitness, you need to be, like, very, in my opinion, you need to be very scheduled. Like, otherwise, like, if I don't have, like, workouts, like, written in my diary, like, I, 90% of the time I probably, would, like, wouldn't do it. Okay. And I think that relates to work as well. I think to be successful and stuff like that, you have to be very organised, very, like, I'm a list person, so I'm, like, yeah. to-do list and then, then I think, like, health and wellness, you kind of need to be like that as well. Um and yeah, I think I think they do. I can't remember what else I was going to say, but <laughs> um, I think they do. They're very like yeah, 100%. there's a crossover there. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Do you, um, actually, I'll ask that question soon. I want to go back a mm-hmm. few steps. So going back to the eating disorder. Yeah. So for for someone that's listening at the moment that may be in a similar situation, mm-hmm. maybe not to that extent, or maybe they are. Mm-hmm. What advice do you give to them, whether it be male or female? Um, I would say. Oh, yeah, it's so hard. I get asked this all the time. And, like, it's really hard when you've been through – it sounds stupid, but when you've been through something like that, I find it really hard to answer Um, because at the time I probably didn't want help. Like, I knew I needed help, but also if someone ever said anything to me, I'd be like – like, I would be so angry at them. Um, I would probably say that there's always going to be light at the end of the tunnel because I know when I was in that, I literally thought my life was going to be like that – for the rest of my life. I honestly right. did. I thought I would be obsessing over, you know, I just thought I'd be like that. So I think there's always light at the end of the tunnel. You just have to take the right steps and acknowledge that you do need help and that you do need to change hmm. the way you live. Yeah. Or like, you know, yeah, definitely. Because I just didn't think I'd be normal. Sounds stupid, but I... Sounds pretty yeah. normal now. Good, yeah. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a morning or daily routine, like something that you'd like to do every single day to set yourself up? Yeah, so um, meditation is like a must for me. Awesome. Um, gratitude, I used to do it in the morning, but now I find it works better for me at night because I've had the day and I can be like, okay, I was grateful for this, this, that. Um, so always gratitude at night. Morning always work out in the morning because I can't work out in the afternoon. I just don't have any energy. And again, like I just will make up so many excuses in um, not to train if I do it in the afternoon. So work out in the morning, meditation, gratitude at night. And I always, always check in with like loved ones. Like so my family or my best friends or whatever. I think that's really important. Right. And do you read... Do you read yeah. books or audio books or yeah. podcasts? Yeah, so like I'll um, I read I read and but I don't I used to read like a lot of like self help books and business books, but it just like I literally am reading words on paper, like it doesn't sink in. So I'd prefer to listen to podcasts mm. if it's like work related or whatever. Um, books like just stupid silly books like um, Crazy Rich Asians or something that I can really like get into the story and okay. like just forget about everything else. Everything else, yeah. yeah. I, I, Kind of similar. Like, I'm a massive fan of, like, the whole personal development yeah. type stuff as well. But there comes a time where you've just oh. done too much of it. One, you've either done too much of it and yeah. you're not actually implementing any of it. Nah. Or just, two, it's just, like, a lot of the same stuff and it just goes over yeah. your head or just adds to the stress that you've already got from what you're trying yeah. to do anyway. Yeah, 100%. I found that I've read a few, like, self-help books and I'm like, oh, I don't even know. And then I had to read it again, like, to actually okay. understand. Yeah. Um, or I've just like, nah, I'll just listen to the audiobook or like yeah. listen to a podcast. Sometimes I find the audiobooks easier because I can concentrate better. I don't know what it is. I think you find like after a while, like which, which one you take in better. Yeah. So for me, like books, like as much as some books I can sit there and read, yeah. 
others, regardless of how much I like it, it'll take me fucking three yeah, months same. to read it. Yeah. Whereas an audio book yeah. or a podcast, I'm in the car yeah. or I'm in the gym walking, or walking or whatever, I'll yeah. get through it like in a week easy. Yeah, I'm the same. It's like, and then when you see this book sitting there on like your bedside table that's been sitting there for six months, you're like, oh, it's like, seems like a chore. Yeah. So then I'm like, no, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fucking nice. I think actually it's embarrassing. I think I've got six books on the go at the moment. Yeah. I'm saying like, <laughs> it's actually bad. Books and Netflix are the same for me. Yes. Like Netflix, I'll start like a fucking series and I'll and get, get like so a few episodes in. Yeah. And I'll be like, fuck, there's a new one. I'm yeah. going to start that. I'm the same. Yeah. Don't yeah. finish any of them. No, I'm the same. <laughs> um, are you a coffee drinker? 110%. Oh, good. Yeah. So for anyone that's in Melbourne or visiting Melbourne, mm-hmm. where should we go for coffee? Um, so I'm a South Melbourne girl and Clement at the South Melbourne market is like my go-to. Um, and then if you're... I really like St. Rose out towards Essendon as well, which is really good. Good for coffee? Yeah. What about and food? And food. Um, so, cafe food around here, Dundas and Fawcett. Is that how you say it, Fawcett? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that even right? <laughs> um, St. Rose again in Essendon and Cheeky Monkey in Richmond for breakfast. And yeah, that's about it. Cheeky Monkey, good Oh, start. Cheeky Monkey, if you like omelettes. Oh my god, the best omelet I've Cheeky ever had. Cheeky monkey, is that in Swan that, Street? Swan yeah. Street, yeah. It is I go past so it all good. The time. Yeah, no, get an omelet there. Like the um, egg white omelet is like it's right crunchy on the side. Like, oh, it's really good. What are what are your favorite places in LA to eat? Um, okay, so in this LA, is just benefiting me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so in <laughs> sorry, you can just take a seat for a bit. Um, in <laughs> LA, like I love backyard bowls. Like the best acai bowl I've ever had. Um, Dinner, cool. Jack, no, it's so good. Like, <laughs> trust me, it's like amazing. Dinner, Katsuya, like I'm, I love Japanese, so Katsuya is really good. Um, there's a place called Goldies, and they do these most amazing like Brussels sprouts. Then they sound healthy, but they're not. Pretty sure they're deep fried. I think that's why they taste so good. I was gonna say they want to do something. Oh pretty my god, to they are sprouts. amazing. <laughs> um, oh geez, I know so many places. I have to give you a list because yeah. I literally have a massive list. Great, yeah, feel free. To share yeah, I will. Um, last question. So for someone that's, um, you've obviously used social media mm-hmm. well in terms of building your brand. Um, so for someone that is starting their own business or company, yeah. whether it's a product or not. What are some tips or advice you could use in terms of using social media to help grow? Yeah, I think being real and authentic um, is really, really important because there is a lot of fake shit on there Mm. and people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think being real and authentic and just, um, you know, if you are like a health and wellness brand or business or influencer or whatever, just making sure that your um, content is like, health and wellness like you know you're not going out and getting smashed and like you know i mean we all have fun and stuff like that but just make sure it's like on brand with what you're trying yeah. to promote um but yeah i'm a massive and i've always been real and authentic from the beginning like um and i just think that's really important like to yeah, grow and stuff sure. like that instagram is really hard if you own a business it's just getting so competitive now because all they want is money out of you for like ads yeah. and spons- like all to that kind rich, of stuff yeah. yeah so it's really really hard like i'm lucky that we i kind of started it when it was like first kind of mm. starting out um but yeah it's business wise it's really hard at the moment i don't know what you found like, and it's a bit different if you haven't actually already got um a following in the first place mm-hmm. but in terms of engagement i found my, oh. my stories 
I don't even really bother with posts. Like yeah. I'll put up posts yeah. for the sake of putting up posts. Yeah. But my stories is where, where yeah. it's at. Like I actually, engagement's out of control. Yeah, I actually agree with that. I think because people feel like they know you, it's really weird. It's like, much more personal. Yeah, it's much more personal and people are like, oh, you know, she's doing this or he's doing that and like, or yeah. he's gone to this place. Oh, that must be good. Like I don't know why. It's just I think people just kind of get to know you on a personal level and I think people love that. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Well, that is pretty much all I've got. Got here in yes. terms of what we can go through. So, Sweet. thanks for coming on the <laughs> show. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you for having Guys, me. Guys, I'm sure you've enjoyed today's episode. There's heaps of um, valuable content in there. So, if you have enjoyed the show, please do take a screenshot of um, of the episode on your phone and post it up on your Instagram story. Tag myself, tag Tully. Um, I'll have her social media links and everything in the show notes below. Um, so, unless there's anything else you want to add, no, that wraps I'm all us up. Good. All right, guys, thanks heaps for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already and look forward to chatting to you again in next week's episode.